Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a special interview episode for the NWSL playoffs ahead of the semifinals. Please hit subscribe to us on YouTube so that you never miss out whenever we go live. Today, we are joined by Kansas City current midfielder and semifinal bound, Kate Del Falva. How you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm really good. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. We uh, are thrilled to have you on. We always get so excited whenever uh, we have a first on Attacking Third. So this is your first time joining us on the show. I, I have to start. Let's just talk about the cool stuff right away yeah. are you still riding high from that game winning goal with Kansas City to be Houston I mean yeah I think I'm definitely still feeling really happy about the team the, the team performance and the win and obviously getting to score the goal that put us you know over the line is super exciting but I think now the feeling in training today was kind of just let's get back to work um nothing's done yet. Nothing's finished. Nothing's won yet. So we're kind of just, that's our mentality right now going into this game on Sunday. Okay. You're so serious. You're so focused. You're ready to get the win. I love it. But fine, frankly, all business. all business here, but I want to talk about the awesome moment because we do yeah. have to reflect on that game that Kansas city yeah. played against Houston. Um, the initial let's start there like at the end of the initial 90 minutes when yeah. the referee announced there's going to be nine minutes yeah. of extra stoppage time um after already playing 90 minutes what went through your mind when you heard that so much extra time is going to be added on I mean 90 minutes you're tired but I was honestly I was I was happy that there was nine minutes because I I felt like there was another big chance in the game for us that was going to come and we had said that we had like, I think we had a player go down or we were, we were in the huddle on the side and we all kept just saying, there's going to be one more chance. There's going to be one more chance. Let's make it ours. Let's, let's make sure we take, take advantage of it. So you're tired at 99 minutes for sure. But I mean, I'm definitely glad that it was nine minutes, nine minutes and 30 seconds or whatever it took. 
We needed yeah, all of them. We needed I mean, all the minutes. So you could even tell, like, at watching this game, like the energy. I I think it jumped up. It was like, everyone got a little bit of a jolt, like nine minutes. This is plenty of time. Let's get it done. So uh, 10th minute of stoppage time, there was a buildup to the goal that happened. Um, Take me through that play. What do you remember about how everything developed before the goal? I remember they got a throw in really, really deep in their, in their um, side of the field. And we, that's something we take pride in and we really focus in on defensive throw-ins and like making sure we all get over there. So I saw CC take off, CC Kaiser take off on like a 30 yard sprint and it's the 99th minute. And I was like, all right, if she's going, I'm going to go. So I just was like, I'm going to put myself in a good position here. I knew we were going to win that ball back. Uh, Alex Ware was able to pick off the pass and her and Lowe had a beautiful combination. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take my chances, get in the box. And good things good things happen when you do that, when you got players around you that are committed to going forward, even in the 99th minute. So it was, yeah, adrenaline was definitely pumping, but it was a definitely a cool moment that I have ever played over in my head many times. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's going to, obviously it's going to be one of those, those like top like career moments. Yeah, absolutely. Just listening to us all sort of like, recollect that together within that quarterfinal matchup it was pretty end-to-end at times between uh, the two teams and for you and a lot of players quite frankly on both sides of the uh, the ball because one of the storylines going in this was the fact that these two franchises were participating in their first ever uh, NWSL playoffs so you know in in some of the build-up to a game like that like did you anticipate, you know, some of some of the things that, that you were feeling or some of the emotions that you were going through within this game? Or was were there moments of you hear we hear it all the time from athletes? This is like I just blacked out in, in this. Yeah. Moment. Did this did this live up to your own personal hype of what an NWSL playoff could be? Yeah. Um, I honestly I when I heard that there was gonna be 18, 19, 20,000 people there. I think that kind of built up. We like, we were hearing it all week. Like the, they kept posting, like how many fans, how many fans were coming, how many tickets they sold. So we had kind of been talking about like, it's going to be an intense environment. Obviously when you're the away team, the environment is not set up for you to succeed or you to thrive off of. But I think we kind of just used that energy and environment to take advantage of moments. It was a really scrappy game, a lot of fouls, kind of back and forth tempo. Like one team would go up, have the have the advantage of the other team the next moment so I mean my expectations were that it was definitely going to be an intense an intense game and it absolutely lived up to that for sure it was incredibly intense end to end the entire time um but looking back at the entirety of Kansas City's season this year yeah. I mean 22 games in the regular season of course the challenge cup um but comparing it to how this team was in 2021, there has been growth and there's been a lot of changes for you as a player. What has been the biggest difference in the product that Kansas city is putting out on the pitch this year compared to last? Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously last year was our first year as an organization. There were still a lot of pieces I think that were falling into place on and off the field. And I think this year it's just been super professional all around from every person in the organization, super structured, very focused. Each training session is purposeful. Each game we're going in with a game plan that that players have been able to execute. And I just think there's a belief this year that that we can do this and that we belong here that maybe wasn't there last year is what I would say that 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 core belief that like Mm -hmm. it could be us like we can we can win these games we can make the playoffs we can do all these things. So I'd say that for sure. 
chills. Oh, giving me chills, like, Kate. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you love to hear like the the mental aspect of it, the, the mental component. Yeah, of it all. for sure. It's, uh, we hear we hear it talked about in, in in certain aspects, but especially during this time of year in the playoffs, like sometimes that could be a real X factor for teams as they, as they navigate a, a postseason. Um, and that was part of it. And, and part of the things that we saw out of this franchise throughout the offseason uh, in, in preparation for the 2022 season, whether it was. Uh, you know, making different player acquisitions or, you know, announcing the all the cool things with, with the different tra- the training facilities and, and, and the stadium that is to come for this team. One of the things that they also did was they, they hired a new coach for, mm-hmm. for 2022. Matt Potter, first season with the team, uh, has a nomination for, for coach of the year. Uh, what has been his uh, message in, in training this week heading into the semifinal? And did some of that uh, shift in, in, in uh, mentality perhaps, you know, come from the coaching staff a bit. Yeah, definitely. I think Matt's main message has been, he's kept saying like all of the reasons we have to believe that, that we can be the team that comes out on top. Um, We've had a lot of different obstacles thrown our way this year. It hasn't always been easy, but his message has stayed the same. And he's just kind of really fueled that belief in the players that, that we're a group that's good enough to win an NWSL championship. So uh, yeah, the, the mindset this week has been basically just to repeat what we did last week, keep our head down, keep focus, keep, keep the game plan. Obviously we're going to adjust to a different opponent, but um, yeah, we're kind of just, we're doing our, doing the same thing and, and hoping that, that we can get a result on the weekend for sure. Looking ahead to the semifinal match uh, that Kansas City is set to play in against OL Reign, you'll be traveling to Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. You played OL Reign twice this year, split games with them, won one and lost one. Uh, you're nodding your head. What's the biggest thing you remember or, or that stands out from those first two matches against this side? I just, I remember them being incredibly tight, close matches. And we're, we're really looking forward to getting a chance to, to play them again and, and show what we've got. Uh, we know that they're a really talented group. They're obviously, they won the league for a reason. So we're not going in, um, not knowing that, not being aware of that, but, but we feel that we held our own in both of those games. And we're, we're looking to turn that, that, um, towards our side this weekend, for sure. Love that. Um, thinking about a little bit about the collection of, of players, uh, in this Kansas city current team with you specifically, and just sort of thinking a little bit about, the overall landscape of NWSL. I feel like uh, watching certain player performances, yours yours included, I feel like that 2020 draft class is just like really sort of like broken through this mm-hmm. season, whether it's someone like you or, or Sophia Smith or Morgan Weaver, the list can go on and on and on. Uh, just sort of thinking about uh, your journey thus far as a, as a pro soccer player, how, how has your game evolved this season with Kansas city current playing alongside players like a Kristen Hamilton or a Lola Bata or a Kristen mm-hmm. Edmonds, you know, veteran players of the league. Yeah. I'd say the biggest thing that has changed this year for me personally, is just my confidence. Um, I, though my, my running through the league hasn't been like as typical as I think you'd see. Obviously my first year, 2020 was the COVID year. We were with Utah. Then everything with Utah happened. The franchise goes to Kansas city, super excited last year. I just feel like I didn't find the right time to break into the squad. It just never really happened for me, which is okay. Um, sometimes that happens, but this year I just, I was able to, to get into a spot and I just, each game, I just wanted to grow and get better and help my team in any way I can. 
not necessarily scoring goals. That was a bonus, a bonus that happened last <laughs> week. I was super excited about, but just kind of doing my part and growing in confidence each game. And like you mentioned, when you have players alongside of you that have the experience, have the capability, have the talent, like it makes it fun and easy to play against, like play next to them, you know? I love just how excited you are about the goal and you should be right. Like 100%. I know. You should just be. <laughs> Sorry, I brought it up this. again. <laughs> like we were no. on that. Let it go. <laughs> Not at all. Kate, you should be so jazzed about it because without that goal, your team would not be in this position that you are right now. Right? Like you'd be done training season would be over. Yeah. How has that changed your mindset as like your role, maybe offensively on this team or like the way you're approaching training this past week? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just using it as another step to gain some more confidence, to be more aggressive offensively. Obviously I play wing back, so it's a little bit of both. Um, I know this podcast is called the attacking third, but I'm also in, <laughs> but if I'm in both, I'm always, I'm in the attacking third, but I'm in the defensive third. So I'm just back and forth. So maybe just using that goal as a, yeah. as a kind of a driving force to get on the, a forward, more forward on the field and, and be more a part of the attacking third. I love that. But yeah, definitely. The goal is definitely a highlight moment, but hopefully there's more to come for this team and for me. All right. Well, we'll, we'll obviously we'll be keeping an eye on it. It's, uh, yeah. Our jobs to do so, taking the matches and, and like, we'll talk about them. I, I just want to like set the record straight here. We are called attacking third, but <laughs> I love defense. Like probably my favorite thing about That's, the pitch. So being yeah. a wingback player is so it's, incredibly crucial it's because so fun. It's yeah, a running it's so fun. joke here on the show that like, yes, we refer to ourselves as attacking third but we are constantly trying to talk about defense, defense. and two and or two defenders and yeah, even goalkeeping mean, in that aspect. It's so, it's so funny the way we sort of <laughs> so I came, mean, came to life. <laughs> that's funny, actually, that defense wins championships. That's what I say, but defense gotta, is fun. Yeah, exactly. yes. you, so you just said you love playing the wingback position because you I get to it. play. Why do you love it so much? Uh, because I, at any point in the game, I can find myself at outside forward center mid attacking mid defensive mid outside back I I just feel like you just have a lot of freedom um and free range to go and do especially the way we play it and the way Matt Potter has set it up me and Haley Mace on either side he's kind of just said you know are we we told our wing backs do whatever you got to do but make sure you get back on defense obviously which we do always but uh yeah I can just find myself all over the pitch and I love it it's it's super fun to play I've never played it before I've never played in in this position or this type of style before so it's been really fun it, you're lo- you're logging lots of miles right like <laughs> yeah lots of miles lots of miles but it's worth it for sure I love that perspective I don't know if I've heard that yet from any of like the wingbacks that we might have chatted with already did the whole concept of like you're the wingback position is just that you're playing every single position quite exactly frankly. Pr- like pretty much at any point in the in the game you find yourself at all of the positions so Right on. I like that. I like that perspective. Kate Dofava, you heard it on attacking there. <laughs> have some more fun though. We like to close out our interviews with a bit of uh, fun questions with our guests. Uh, we were also equally hyped to chat with your teammate Lola Bonta ahead of the quarterfinal. Uh, she was talking to us uh, about taking on Houston Dash and we got to chat about some of the other fun things that you guys have been doing throughout the regular season. Obviously, one of the things that came up was the epic goal celebrations, yes. you know, whether they've been, you know, 
from Labonte directly or more collaborative efforts from, from the team. So I want to ask you, uh, of the goal celebrations that we've seen so far out of Kansas City, is there a favorite one that you have? Um, I think I really liked when Lowe went golfing. <laughs> and we all got to stand around and applaud her. I think that oh, one was but... really clever with the with the pin. Uh, I think that one was probably the most well choreographed and executed. But Lo has endless ideas for goal celebrations, and she's constantly coming up with new ones. So I'm I'm hoping we can score a multitude of goals this weekend, so we all get to see a few more from her. Definitely love that. Love that. Love that. Yeah, we definitely we definitely asked her about her, uh, you know, post game celebrations and what they could and would potentially look like. And she mentioned that she would probably be celebrating with some tequila. What's like your version of like a post game celebration or would you like to share some of what you did for the quarter? Um, Honestly, my first thought is to get a good, good meal in me. Just get Mm -hmm. something delicious. Um, I'd say this is kind of like uh, weird, but my go to meal after a game is Chili's Cajun shrimp pasta. It's like a thousand calories. It's terrible for you, probably. I don't want to look into it. I don't want to look into it because then I'll feel bad about eating it. But <laughs> honestly, getting some chilies, having a nice cold beer with my family and friends after a game, that's like the perfect. And then obviously celebrating with my teammates when the time is right, like Lo said with the tequila. But is it, I'm more so of a chili, got, I'm more chilies girl, not a tequila girl. You so know, you there's got the chilies. The Chili's Cajun pasta, like on DoorDash, it's ready oh, to be delivered. Oh, like, I don't even want to know how many times that I have pressed I love that. that meal. I, it's my, it's my go-to meal after a game, and I try to. No, keep I it love that. Kate, Kate Dopov is not looking for the bar after the the. Yeah, like, I'm not doing the tequila Chili's. shot after. I, yeah, I'm going to Chili's, and <laughs> I will be there for the rest of the night. I love it. I love it so <laughs> much. What a blast. Uh, we can't wait to uh, watch Kansas City Current take on OL Reign in the semifinal coming up this weekend. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and listening along to the interview. Thank you to Kate. Thank you for joining us today on Attacking Third. Congrats on uh, going ahead and winning that first round, and good luck in the semifinal. Reminder to everyone, you can catch Kate Delfava and the Kansas City Current against Portland Thorns in the semifinal on Sunday, October 23rd. Thanks so much to Kate Delfava for joining us. Now we have Sofia Huerta of OL Ring. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are joined by O.L. Rain and United States Women's National Team Defender and 2022 NWSL Defender of the Year nominee, Sofia Huerta. Welcome to the show. Wow, thank you so much. What an intro. <laughs> happy happy wow. to uh, hype you up. Happy to, <laughs> had to, I had to let the people know about you. So I appreciate you. Yeah, we like to gas up our guests, especially our players' guests, you know, give them all the accolades we can. Yeah, if people, <laughs> if people don't know, now, now they know. So... <laughs> I'm just so happy, uh, you know, that you're joining us here on the show. It's first for you on attacking third. Congratulations are in order. Congrats on making it to another semifinal with all rain. Uh, 2022 NWSL Shield winners. That is how the team punched their ticket to the playoffs. What is the energy around the team right now as they head to another semifinal? The energy is is really great. I think that Everyone knows um, going into playoffs, you want to feel good. You want to feel like you're meshing well, you're playing well individually, but also collectively. And so I think the end of our season clearly uh, went pretty well. I think at one point, you know, we were projected to only get six points with like, I think seven or something games left. And we obviously got way more points than that. And, and for the first time in my career, you know, won the shield, which was, something that, like I said, I've never done before and was really amazing. And, and so I think everyone's just excited. I mean, it's so, um, you know, it's so rewarding to play a whole season and then for things to come together at the end. And we can only hope that they'll really come together at the very, very, very end. So everyone's feeling good. I think uh, getting a bye was really important for our team with all the internationals we have. But at the same time, there there comes anxiety with that a little bit because we're kind of just sitting and waiting for this crucial game that's coming up on the 23rd. Um, but the positives are that it's at home. You know, we're <clears throat> selling a lot of tickets. And I think to answer your question, the energy is very good. <laughs> thumbs up. Two thumbs up, good energy. Uh, you know, watching y'all go out and uh, get that win against Orlando Pride, essentially clinching the shield, uh, hearing Jess Fishlock talk about the show, this is like her third with with the club. Um, and that's no easy feat. And I love the way that she presented that sort of in postgame comments and how winning the regular season, winning the league is such a hard thing to do. What's the what's the sense of like accomplishment and sort of being part of a franchise that has at this point now won their their third shield? No, I think it's the hardest thing to do. I think uh, with the amount of um, times that the internationals were gone and, you know, just quite frankly, the schedule that we're given every year, like it's very hard to win a lot of games in this league. As we know, it's really competitive across the board. So it's the hardest thing to do. And I think um, as the years go on, everyone's acknowledging that a little bit more. I think now that I watch a lot more EPL, I realize that's the it's the coolest thing to do. I mean, we won the league. That's amazing. It's something that we're so proud of. Um, and but of course, we want to win the championship as well. It's something that's obviously never been done before winning the league and also winning the NWSL championships. That would be great to be the first to do that. But I think it means so much, especially to the veteran players as well. I was making a joke with one of my friends the other day. I'm like, I've lost in the semifinal way too many times. It can't, it can't happen again. <laughs> I just, 
gotta, you know, we gotta go out there. We have to win. And that day specifically where we were uh, watching Portland and Gotham play, I mean, that was crazy. It was just such a crazy game. You know, obviously I don't think a lot of predict, a lot of people predicted that would be the outcome and just like the drama, you know, like up one zero tie, you know, then it's three, one, and then it's three, two, then it's three, three. It's like, no one predicted that. And so we were obviously keeping tabs on the game going into our game. Um, And so once, uh, you know, Gotham secured that tie and we were able to really control our own faith. I mean, the energy was so high and crazy, but um, I, I've watched Jess's post uh, game interview and, you know, it gave me goosebumps. Like it's, it's, it's true. Exactly what she said. This is such a, an amazing club and like any other club has been through its ups and downs. And so the, the most important thing is to get this club back to where they want to be, which is like always on the top always in playoff contention and always like someone who can win the the NWSL championship. So that's always the goal. So if you touched on it a a little bit in that, oh, rain um, had ups and downs this season. And there was a point in the season where you guys weren't projected to make the playoffs to, to win the shield, to go as far as you were, but there was a switch and there was a change in this team and the product you were putting out onto the pitch. Do you remember that switch? Do you, do you know a moment or a sequence of games or uh, moments in training where the team kind of started clicking together and and putting all the pieces together? Yeah, for sure. I think just from what I believe, um, we always produced, we just sometimes didn't score. Like we always produce these like goal scoring opportunities. And unfortunately, throughout a lot of the season, we were not capitalizing on them. That was obviously a conversation we were having in the locker room often um, because we were playing some really good soccer, but sometimes we weren't rewarded for it. And then kind of what I touched up on earlier, there was a statistic that um, someone put out like on Twitter that was like, oh, OL rain based off of how they've done um, pre, like in the season, they're only projected six points the rest of the season. And we had like a third of the season left. And I think we all kind of looked at each other as a group and we were like, wait, people actually think we're only going to get six points. Like, no, you know? And I think we all at that moment were like, okay, now it's like the final third of the season. There's no more like, Hey, we'll score next game. Like now we need to capitalize on these opportunities and, you know, we need to get, we need to get shit done, you know? And so I think we all just came together and realized that, but on top of that, I mean, we have had injuries throughout the season. Pino didn't get, um, you know, back onto the field until, you know, the season was further along, you know, so we haven't really had the same starting 11, like consistently, especially with international breaks. So anyways, that was the moment that the six points that we were projected to get, we were like, no, it's not happening. I love that you guys saw it online and you made it untrue from that point on. Um, You've touched on it though, the international breaks and the international windows throughout this regular season, but most recently, um, OL Reign winning the shield, being at the top of the league. So you earned yourself a bye week uh, through to the semifinal. But before that, there was an international break in which you traveled with the United States women's national team to Europe, um, taking on uh, two friendlies against England and against Spain. Um, a, a huge moment for the U.S. To, to travel and play these friendlies. For you particularly, what is something um, from that time with the national team in Europe that you are hoping to to bring back to your OL Reign trainings from that experience? Yeah, I mean, I think like 
in general, the sport, there comes like a lot of pressure, you know? And so when you're like approaching the end of the year, like there's obviously so much on the line. I think that pressure can just increase and like, you can, you know, feel anxiety or feel performance anxiety, whatever that may be for someone. So I actually feel like going to Wembley, um, and being playing on the national team can always kind of be a little nerve wracking. Um, but I think going to Wembley playing in front of like 76,000 fans versus such a good team, you know, a team that's been playing with each other for consistently, you know, and won the Euros, you know, I just feel like nothing is more pressure than that. You know, Mm -hmm. I just feel like I played in that game. I felt good. Of course we wanted to win. Of course the outcome wasn't exactly what we wanted, but I think like that the pressure I felt on that day will help me going into the postseason with the rain because like I'm, I'm feel, I feel ready. I feel prepared for any pressure that I'm going to feel. And like I said, there's just so much on the line with these upcoming games. Cause if you lose, well, see you next season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh everything's elimination on the line potentially on from here on out, you know, during, during that international window, you know, going up against, you know, two top 10 ranked teams, is a big opportunity, you know? So for you, what were some of your own like personal goals getting to go up against some top programs and in England and in Spain? And, you know, are, are you hopeful to, to get a chance to, to maybe build on those against Germany possibly? Yeah. I mean, I think my personal goal, like always going into camp is just to like really capitalize on the role that I'm given. So you never really know like what that is going to be. It can be different for everyone, every camp. It's, it's really just not something that you ever really know. So I think, um, understanding what my role was going to be. And then once I knew that just like doing the best that I could, um, at that role, which obviously going into the England game, I knew I was going to be starting that game. I did have to manage my minutes because, um, I was dealing with a little bit of a hamstring, but, then um, going into the second game, I knew I wasn't going to start that. So then my goal in that game was like, okay, how am I going to be impactful? You know, obviously at that point we were down one zero. And so can I come in and, and change the game? Obviously that's like kind of what subs are known for game changers. Like, can you come in and have an impact? So it definitely changes depending on the game, the camp. Um, but my goal in that camp was to just, you know, accept what my role was and to do the best that I can. And yeah, like I said earlier, both outcomes were not what we wished for. Um, but from what I understand with a lot of the veterans have said about past, um, uh, just like history with the national team that this always happens. There's always a couple games where we don't get the result that we want. And then everyone's talking about how was us women's national team actually prepared all this stuff. And it's like, you know what, it's probably good to face some adversity. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, really we are very lucky to be able to face Germany coming up in the next month. to almost have a little bit of like a redemption opportunity. Um, and also just, you know, another opportunity to play a really good team. You've mentioned it a few different times, how it is a high pressure job that you have of being a professional athlete with OL Reign, winning the shield, going into the playoffs with the United States national team, the number one team in the world. And there are a lot of anxieties and pressure that kind of surrounds all of that. How do you personally um, approach those pressures and, and handle the stress of what is your job? your, your role and your job every day? Yeah, I think that's taken a lot of uh, time. (laughs) You know, it's Mm -hmm. really, it's easier said than done. And that's something that I experienced when I was younger. And so I feel like it was important for me from the jump to have someone like, you know, life coach who could just help me navigate this career. Because I think it is like, 
difficult career to, to, to navigate and to, you know, be able to perform at your highest level every time is, is really difficult. And so what can you do to, to be feeling good going into those games? I think that's like really the number one, you're going to feel pressure regardless, right? Cause as high level athletes, we're competitors and we always want to perform our best, but what can you do going into that game to feel prepared and to feel confident? I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's like, what are you doing that fills your cup, makes you feel good? What are you doing film-wise, at training, out of training, whatever it is that's going to make you feel good going into that game, just to take the pressure off a little bit and knowing that you did everything you could to prepare for the game. So I think that's pretty important. And then like specifically on game days, I feel like I have a really like strict routine and I try and uh, set myself up where I don't have to really make any decisions that day. It's kind of like, know exactly what my routine is going to look like leading up until I have to get into the card of the game. So, so many times fans or media or people watching think it's so easy. So thank you for opening up about that because it yeah. is a very difficult profession to, to be on all the time. Um, I'm going to switch gears here a little bit because you're returning, you're, you're back in Seattle. The NWSL playoffs are here. It's exciting. Um, the, the quarterfinals last weekend were incredibly exciting to watch. And now O.L. Reign is going to play Kansas City Current. During the season, both teams split the meetings. So knowing that how, how you played the first two times you played against Kansas City. What are some things that you and your team are anticipating against the current in this semifinal? Well, you know, I think uh, it's always important and we always try and, you know, align with this as a team to really just like focus on what we do really well. Um, obviously Kansas city is a really good team. They're very, very good players. They're really dangerous. They've obviously come into their own, you know, like, being at the bottom of the table last year and coming up the table this whole season, like they're very good, you know, uh, celebrations are also good. Um, they're a really good team, but I think, you know, the main, uh, idea for us is just, Hey, what, what, what makes us good and what are we going to do to break them down? Right. So, you know, we're just focusing on what we can do and, um, you know, if we do that, then hopefully all goes well. Right on. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. You know, end of the uh, regular season and into the postseason typically means that there are some individual awards up for grabs and the end of the year awards were also recently announced. And you and your teammate, Alana Cook, are out for Defender of the Year. Just wanted to get uh, some of your reactions. What does it mean to you to be nominated? Oh, well, it's so nice to be nominated. I mean, I think um, obviously I switched positions mid season last year. So to be recognized as one of the best defenders in the league means a lot to me. It makes me feel like um, I've done all the work and done, you know, enough to be recognized. Like that feels really good. Um, super proud of Alana as well. She's, she's so good. I mean, I love playing with her both on the national team at the rain. I feel like I can kind of do whatever. Cause I know she's holding it. She's holding it down back there. So, um, so I'm really happy for her. But yeah, I just, it, it means a lot and I'm really excited. I think there are some really good nominees. And so if I, if I don't win, no worries, you know, everyone's really good. Um, but if I won, that'd be crazy. <laughs> be crazy. <laughs> it's not that crazy. You're nominated. You're a fantastic defender. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. As you look ahead just slightly to the semifinal coming up this weekend, um, the team is actually in a very similar position this year as they were last year. A top two finish, a bye week. But how is this 2022 season and this time feel differently for you and the team? 
I think it feels differently for many reasons. Um, one, we won the shield. So obviously have a lot of confidence there, but I just think last year, you know, it was an interesting year. We had a coaching change. We had players come in mid season after mid season, I changed positions. Like there was a lot of, uh, you know, missing puzzle pieces last year and it, it came together at the end. I just don't think it came together soon enough. And then also integrating the, the players from Leon, Sarah, Marjan, and Eugenie, it's, it's, it's just difficult, you know? So I think last year um, there were just some things that we needed to, you know, refine before we went into the playoffs. I think it might've just been a little too late. Whereas this year it's like, other than the inconsistent lineups, it's been pretty consistent. We have the same players. We've had Laura all year. Um, and we're at Lumen, right? Like we're packing the, we're packing it Lumen out, hopefully. Right. We have like a, we, every day we come in and uh, write on the whiteboard, how many tickets we've sold. So, you know, we're, I just think it's a different field and, um, yeah, it's, 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 I think we all feel pretty good. Nice. nice. You know, so if I wanted to to take the time to to ask you, we're we're doing this interview sort of uh, at the end or closing out of uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, and I wanted to take the time to to ask you about uh, the month, reflecting on that a little bit, especially in regards to to NWSL Oil Rain. Uh, taking the time to to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. And quite frankly, you know, uh, it's a little bit something newer that we're seeing uh, across the league. I can remember a time uh, in the league where this month wasn't recognized at all. And now we're starting to see some clubs uh, take a step forward and, and make that something that they're including within their commemorative theme nights uh, throughout the season. And that includes your club, All Rain, as well. So as we're sort of... Uh, you know, saying goodbye to the one month. I know you're you're proud of your heritage all year round, but I just wanted to give you the opportunity to sort of maybe reflect on that. Like, what does it mean for you as a player who's been in this league for, for so long to sort of finally see something like, uh, you know, Latinx or Hispanic cultures uh, celebrated across the league? Well, I obviously think it's amazing. I think like for me personally, it wasn't, well, and kind of what you said, it's a newer thing. Being Hispanic or being a part of that community wasn't necessarily celebrated always, you know, so it was just kind of something that I didn't really talk about a lot. It wasn't something that I like, you know, got to explain to anyone my experience or how I felt or how I identified. It just was kind of like, oh yeah, like my dad's Mexican, you know, whereas now I feel like we're really celebrating, um, the community and we're really bringing that to light, which is very special because it's amazing to be part of that community. There are so many things I love about being Mexican American and I'm so proud of. Right. And, you know, just personally, my dad, like he has sacrificed a lot for his family. And it's just something that I, I grew up seeing this hard work, this dedication, this selflessness from him, you know, and, um, it's something I'm really proud of. So to be able to like do stuff like with sacks, right. I felt so eager and happy to do that because it's something I never really got to be involved with until now because we are celebrating it. And I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, it's, it's a community that is under underrepresented and, you know, especially on the national team, there's only two of us who are, you know, part of that, that community. And so I think being a role model and, you know, I do believe if you can see it, you can be it. Right. So just seeing like where the Sanchez on the back of the U S Jersey, I think is so important for us to speak out about, um, our community and how we're proud and, really for me, my biggest thing is like, Hey, if you're facing adversity, if you work hard, you can, you can do whatever, you know, you know, you're capable of. And so just to be a walking, like, um, example of that means a lot to me. 
Love that. Love to hear it. So whenever we do these interviews, we always like to close out with uh, with a little bit of lighthearted questions or a little bit of uh, fun. So um, I'm going to ask you uh, to sort of close things out. You talked about how you have your routine. It's it's set in, in place. You don't like to break away from it when you're leading up into a game day. So what we've been asking a lot of the players for these playoff and postseason interviews specifically is about what's going to come potentially after the, uh, the the games take place. So we've chatted a little bit with Lola Bonta. We chatted a little bit with Kate Delpa. We talked about like, hey, like what is your go-to celebratory thing after a game? Is there like a meal that you have to have? Is there a place that you need to go to? Or is there something that you like to do special for yourself to celebrate uh, a victory? Um, I mean, I think celebrating a victory, like the best thing about it is celebrating with your team. So like just really quickly after the game, we're all in the locker room and we're just like having fun, singing music, dancing like that to me is the funnest. Of course, I feel like that kind of goes unsaid. Um, but after that, not really. I have a dog I have to take care of. So it's like <laughs> rush home. You know, she's been alone for a few hours. I feel so bad. And I, I take her on a walk, but you know, nothing crazy. I mean, I think obviously if we won the, the championship, it'd be wild. Um, but, you know, the main thing is just getting into that locker room and celebrating with your teammates. Celebrate the, with the teammates in the locker room and then you get home to the dog. I yeah. love it. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the main song on your playlist this week? Ooh, um, I think it's let me see. Let me just pull up my Spotify really quick. The okay. song I've been listening to a lot is called Last Last by Burna Boy. All right. All right. If you want to get in the zone, if you're pulling for oil rain, make sure you listen to Sophia's track this week. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Attacking Third. Thank you, Sophia, for joining us here on the show. Congrats on winning the Shield, making it to the postseason. Best of luck. Reminder to everybody, you can catch Sophia Huerta and O.L. Reign against Kansas City Kern in the semifinal on Sunday, October 23rd. And we'll be back with a full weekend preview for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Sophia Huerta. This was Attacking Third. You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.